Sip some crystal with these real niggas From east to west coast spread love niggas And while you niggas talk shit we count bank figures I got no time for fake niggas Just sip some crystal with these real niggas From east to west coast spread love niggas And while you niggas talk shit we count bank figures I got no time for fake niggas Just sip some crystal with these real niggas From east to west coast spread love niggas And while you niggas talk shit we count bank figures Let's go I'm Mama, Miss Ivana Usually rock the Prada, sometimes Gabbana Sticky for your cream and your riches Jaja Kabor, Demi Moore, Miss Diane and all them rich bitches Yeah Pump daddy, pump the Hummer for the summer I follow in the E-class with the guy That's right Six models, back click on the stroll Cruise control <laughs> What up, people? Yes Welcome to another episode of Echoes from the Goddamn Void And like him, I got no time for fake motherfuckers uh, Yo Man, everything is changing, people Everything is changing Finally It's been nearly a motherfucking year But I am back Back in the game, which is good damn. It, it's been a fucking struggle, but yeah, everything is sorted. The contract is in. Ah, uh, fucking relief, son. Trust me. But yeah. I think I'm gonna burn it down now, man. I think I'm gonna burn it down. I'm like, I'm just tired of these fake motherfuckers. You know what I mean? People that look in your face, smile, and then talk shit behind your back. So, <laughs> yo, people need to start watching their motherfucking back. Because, hey, it's blazing season. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's blazing season, and names are gonna get checked. It's as simple as that. Simple as that. Ain't, ain't trying to be a fake fucking fool like a lot of these motherfuckers out there. But, yo, I have to say, it, it, it's some, sh- some weird shit. It just happened, right? So, um, yo, my local gym, right? So, I, w- I was there the other day. And, um, well, like, first of all, right? So, went to yoga. No, Pilates. Yeah, in my Pilates class. And it's, yo, it gets busy, right? But when someone comes in, and this is like, you know, class hasn't even started, but people put their mats down and all of that shit. And they're all talking between themselves and, you know, as, as people do. But you make room for a new person coming through, right? So, there's a gap. Ain't crazy big, but there's a gap. So I come, put my mat. These two fucking fake-ass assholes either side. They're not moving. Not moving at all. But I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Jerry, you reap what you sow, man. If You know, if you get bumped, you get bumped. I don't give a shit. 
right, but what was hilarious, then some chick comes in late, comes in like five, ten minutes late, chick moves for her, chick moves, it's like, oh, you don't have any space, I'll move for you, had just as much space as me, and listen, this class is not diverse at all, and it just makes me laugh how kind of blatant these people want to make it, you know what I mean, it's just weird and crazy, but I just ain't got time for them, man, but then on the flip side, right, there's a, there's a brother working behind the concessions, and, you know what I mean, like, you say hello, like, I say hello to anyone, you know what I mean, because you're just being polite and shit, and one day this guy, you know, last week he stops me and it's like, um, you know, it was, I think, ah, uh, I, I, need, I needed a banana, so I bought a banana there, and he's like, um, oh, can I ask you something, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever, what, what do you want to ask, he's like, um, uh, uh, oh, I'm not sure how to say this, I'm just like, ask a question, son, he's just like, um, because, like, you're, uh, you're Al, Al, yeah, Albino, what, he's like, what ethnicity is that, I'm just like, what, he's like, yeah, what ethnicity is Albino, I'm just like, god damn it, I just wanted to fucking just walk away, just, I'm just like, how can you be that fucking retarded, like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, look, I, I don't think you need the best education in the world to understand. It's not their fucking ethnicity. You know what I mean? It's just like, ah, uh, just. I got no time, motherfucker. God damn it! Just dealing with dumb people. It's just. Draining Just draining <sighs> But you know what I mean God damn it There's so many weird fucking Ignorant people And to get into that Right so <laughs> Greta Thunberg God damn it she, I just find her irritating But she's she had a Rally In Bristol the other day, um, and it's kind of crazy, because it's like, this whole climate, and green, and that, that's the message, right, but they, they did this big rally in Bristol, and so they gathered on, like, the city green, this big green by the college, that's, they all went there to talk, and fuck, the grass up They churned the fuck out of the grass Destroyed it It's just like some muddy motherfucking wreck After all these people were there And it's just like, yeah, obviously You have that many people on grass In the rain It's getting churned up You know what I mean? There was like I think around 15,000 people there, right, 15,000 people churning up this fucking grass, 
Then, right, so after that, um, a guy that went to there, he then realised the fact that the green was destroyed, and he, um, like, I think he was an organiser, one of the organisers of the march, but they, they went on to Facebook, and they kind of set up a a donation page, so they set up a GoFundMe page, but to replace the grass, I think it's going to be cost 20000 and so they were asking people to donate, you know, to, to do this. And it's kind of like, listen, if you attended the march, you should pay to sort the grass out. I think it's as simple as that, right? Because if you are, if you are there preaching about everyone needs to be green, everyone needs to be blah, 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 which... Listen, don't get me wrong, it's not an evil cause, right? It's not an evil, it's not a bad cause. But in doing this thing, you wreck something. So, if you wrecked it, rectify it. Don't be an asshole. So, yeah, weirdly enough, like, a load of people donated. So, they've raised, I think... 9,000, but, yeah, I kind of feel, it's just, like, you, why are you paying, like, why, is it, I I wouldn't put any fucking money towards this, it's insane, it's insane, but what I think is crazy is the rhetoric around the whole thing, right, so, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, this, these things happen, these things have. If it was anything else, people would be up in arms. But for some fucking weird reason, no one wants to say boo to this motherfucking idiot. It's crazy. I find it crazy. Like the police are just like, oh well, you know, oh uh, you know, it was probably a really, it was a good rally. No, uh, you know, grass got ruined. Oh well. I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Now this area. That's a, a community area, right, used by everyone. Now it's fucked. It, it's so crazy. So, you know, I, and she's got money, right? She's just signed a deal with the fucking BBC. So she's got money. Bitch, pay for the fucking grass. You know what I mean? Like... You you want people to help the planet. You want people to do all of this shit. Yo, then you know what I mean? Fix your mistakes. Right? If you want, if you're calling on other people to fix their mistakes, lead by example. Right? Lead by example and do your bit. Fix your shit. Huh. <laughs> Fucking crazy But yeah There's more people There's so much fucking more Just don't stop Don't stop Hey so 
This I thought was a, a, an interesting one. Public Enemy, man. They've split. Public Enemy split up. Uh, yeah. Flavor Flav got kicked out. That was just like, whoa. <laughs> what happened there? That that's kind of crazy, right? Um, yeah. He got kicked out. Um, so now it's just Chuck D, Professor Griff, uh, and DJ Lord. You know, so uh, yeah. And the crazy thing is, it's like it was all because of um. Ain't the Bernie, yeah, the Bernie Sanders, is it Bernie Sanders, um, thing, um, rally, something, something, like, a thing, so, yeah, um, it was his campaign thing, um, there's, so, public enemy, well, it was down as Public Enemy Radio, which, oh, yeah, that's an odd one. I don't understand, but yeah, it was down at Public Enemy Radio. We're going to be performing at the Bernie Bernie Sanders campaign thing event that they were holding in Los Angeles, and Flav ain't down with Bernie, right? So. And, and Flav hadn't even been asked, as, as far as I know, to perform. So he was just like, wait, how can Public Enemy be there and I ain't there? So he sent a cease and desist. He was just like, yeah, 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 something fuckery is happening. And there was this argument. And because of that, they kicked him out. Uh, now... He's like he's say Chuck is saying that it wasn't just because of that, right? It was about other things, um, and and money being a big one. Like he's saying if because you know there wasn't a load of money involved, flavor wasn't there, and he didn't want to do a free show. But you know that's fair. I kind of feel, look, you don't have, you shouldn't, when it's a political thing, right, not everyone is down with certain parties and people, so, yeah, you, you shouldn't hold people to that shit, um, yeah, but yeah, because of this whole, whole thing, the, uh, yeah, it's done. But yeah, like you say, supposedly it's been a long thing coming. Um. Yeah, it's just a weird one, right? Um. You know, supposedly they had they they've had arguments and shit in the past, but it's like. 
Someone you've been down with for so long. Why are you airing your shit over Twitter? Do you know what I mean? Why are you doing that? It's weird. I I think it's a weird thing. And it's just a weird thing that Bernie wanted Public Enemy to be there in the first place. You're like, what are you doing? Like, I, I find it really odd that, like, politicians want, like, certain rock stars and rappers and things like that to be part of their shit. And it's just like, wait, are you playing their shit otherwise? You mean, really, like, why do you want these people there? It's so odd. Yeah, it's, it's, I just think it's so odd But yeah, it, it's just like it's a, it's a shame Now, don't, like I don't think Flav really brings Like, what he brings or brought to Public Enemy was I think it's just the voice It's that signature voice And the big clock and it, you know that kind of thing Because he's like the hype man Right Flav ain't a great Flav ain't no rapper or anything like that But Yeah He's Been down with him from the beginning Now they, they had a spat over Supposedly um, Unpaid Profits but yeah, like who even knows how many? Because you think that how many bands have split over like financial shit, right? And you always hear again. It's one of those situations where you hear so many sides of the story, right? So many sides of the story. Like yeah. So who knows what the case is? But, um, yeah, you know, yeah, now they're split, now they have split, <sighs> but I I do find it, yeah, just an odd one, because I just don't think Public Enemy brings much to the table anymore, go, you know, like, back in the day, it was something, it was powerful, it, there was a message, and... You know, like, even when Chuck went solo, there's, I, I, pick, I picked up that first solo joint, you know, because I, that was tight, you know, the autobiography of Mr. Chuck, that, had, like, yeah, I was bumping that back in the day, man, that, that was, I, that was I, that was cool, but, um, yeah, it's just not what it was, I think it's just like you think when because you know when people get money, right? It it's hard to it's it's hard to look at their shit, yo. When they're talking about certain things, because it's just like yo, that's changed, and you know that's changed. So you can't be talking about it in that way anymore. You have to change it up, and. Yeah, I don't know how, I, yeah, I don't really know how much they have, really, 
Like the last big public enemy album that I was really rocking was he that he got game soundtrack. So I thought that was tight. I love that shit. That was great. But yeah, after that, I don't know. It just it wasn't the same. Like the next joint just wasn't the same. You know? And yeah, it's just like you know, they continue to put stuff out there, but it's just it's lost that it's lost that thing. You know, but yeah. <sighs> Public enemy. I don't know, it just feels weird to have them without Flav. You kind of feel it should just be something else now. But fuck it. It is what it is, right? It is, but you know, don't, like Flav ain't gonna go hungry. Flav got money. And if he hasn't, he's a motherfucking fool. Because he should have a load of cash. When you think about all the shit, he, like the fucking TV shit and all of the flavor of love and all that bullshit. So, yeah, I don't even know. But yeah, public enemy, man. End of an era. End of an era. I thought this was interesting, right? So, um, Woody Allen is publishing his memoirs. Alright, so, um, A Propos of Nothing, I believe that's what it's going to be called, uh, and, but it, and it's getting published by, um, Hatchet, uh, now, the, I think the issue is, his son, um, and daughter, so, was it Ronan? And um, Dylan, they are pissed. They are not happy at all that Hatchet are publishing this this book. And um, yeah, it, it's it's a weird one, right? Um, now the thing, what they're saying is because. Alan was accused of molesting Dylan when she was, I think it was like seven. Um, yeah, when she was a kid, uh, you know, that they they shouldn't do it. That it's a betrayal and it's bad and it's like all these things. And the thing is, though, he wasn't charged. So, yes, he's a weird dude. Willie Allen is a weird fucking dude. You know what I mean? He married his, what, stepdaughter? Like, yeah, adopted a kid and then marries her. It's just fucking weird. He's a weird guy. So, yeah, maybe you know, the chances that he, he, he did this, I think they're kind of high. But, yeah, that's all speculation. So, you can't, yeah, I think it's very difficult to label and and kind of, you know, hold things back from him 
when he hasn't actually been found guilty of anything. Uh, the other thing is as well, so his son, Ronan, 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 meh, whatever, he um, had a book published by Hatchet at the end of last year, Catch and Kill, which was a, yeah, uh, kind of an expose on Harvey Weinstein, I believe, right, so, um, yeah, it, it was kind of, so it was, um, published by Little Brown, which is a division of Hatchet, now, the interesting thing about this, though, because he's saying that when he was publishing his book, Hatchet didn't tell him that they were looking to publish his dad's autobiography. Which is kind of like, wait, why should they have told you? You know, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like a weird one. Like, you made a deal with them, right? You made a deal with them to publish your book. Right, but that doesn't mean they now have to tell you everything they're going to be doing. You know, like the deal they made with his dad is a different situation, and it's a situation that really has nothing to do with him. But yeah, they're, they're saying that it's a terrible thing. Now, the other kind of interesting thing about it. The kid's a journalist, right? So, yeah, he's a journalist, which is really interesting. Feels it's kind of like, all right, shouldn't you be all about freedom of speech, right? So you might not agree with something, but, yo, it, it can get published, you know, it's up to them people to be like, all right, I want to read that, or I don't want to read that, because I'm sure that there might have been pressure from some people to not publish Catch and Kill, you know, like, I, I, I'd imagine if Weinstein had, had wind that this was coming, that, yeah, there's probably pressure to be like, yeah, you know what, no, stop that shit. But, yo, Little Brown were just like, no, 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 this is getting, we're going to put it out there. You know, it's freedom of speech, gets published. So, you can't, you know, you, you can't have it one way and then go, no, now, you know, it should be different for this person. No, it doesn't work like that, and it's that it's, it's a weird thing that people want to do. It's just like if something doesn't agree with them, then it shouldn't be allowed. It's just like no, that is a, a just a weird way to kind of run shit. Oh, you know, that is in itself a dictatorship. You know, it's fucked up. So, yeah, they're like, um, you know, they shouldn't... Uh, well, this is a funny thing. He's like, um, so he put out a tweet because, you know, that's what people do now. 
Um, and he said, like, Hatchet had concealed its plans to acquire Alan's memoir while I was working on my book. And again, it's just like, they don't need to tell you anything, fool. And then he's saying that, you know, his sister hadn't been contacted by the publisher. Um, and that's egregious. But it's just like, you know what? It is what it is. And you have to wonder, had she been contacted? Or is she just ignored? Because there was that case, um, was it the end of last year or beginning of this year? Uh, with the film Apple had bought. And then they found out that, the I think, not even the guy the film was about, but his son had molested his sisters and so they scrapped the film but it was just like people had contacted the sisters but they didn't want to talk to them right so you know you have that weird situation that sometimes people want to isolate themselves from a situation but they had been contacted so yeah, had she been contacted but didn't want to talk, who knows? But you're never really going to get, uh, a, a, you know, an accurate account. Everyone's going to tell their side of the story and nothing's going to mesh up. But it's weird. But obviously as well, Rose McGowan has then come out and said, it's an evil double cross. And it's just like, shut the fuck up, Rose. You're an idiot. You know, like, look, you've got beef with Weinstein, which is fair. You know, it's fair enough. Whatever. But we all know, like, Rose ain't a saint. Rose ain't a saint. And this, it's got nothing to do with you. You know, it's just a weird thing. It's not a double cross. People need to kind of I, I just work out what the fuck they're talking about, right? It's business. It's two separate business deals. I, look, I'm sure there's going to be people that want to read Woody Allen's manuscript. There's a lot of people that love Woody Allen films. There's the, like, it's another thing. All the people, like, when you talk to people... Everyone knew about Weinstein, right? Everyone supposedly knew about Weinstein. People still worked with him. People still worked with him. And women still worked with him. Women still made deals with Weinstein. Right? You've got different studios. Right? You've got independent studios. Maybe the deals aren't as good. But. If it means putting your material out and not being with a monster, then wouldn't that be the route to go? But no, people still made deals with Weinstein. And on the flip, these stories about Woody Allen have been there for so fucking long. People still make films with him. People still make films with him. I think, didn't, I think Scarlett Johansson was in his last film. 
Right, you've got, like, um, and who's that, uh, oh, shit, who's the British guy with the weird kind of, um, face? Hmm. Oh, gosh. I think it was in Captain Marvel. Um, yeah, can't think of the dude's name. But, uh, yeah, he made a film. Like, there's loads of big actors and actresses that have worked with Woody Allen very recently. And they all knew about these supposed rumours of molestation and rape and all of this shit. So, yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just like... People do shit. And no one's attacking those people. This is the weird thing. No one's attacking them and saying that they're evil, that they're bad for working with him. And you know what I mean? It's just like people need to grow the fuck up. That, that if that's yeah. Basically that that's what I feel. People need to grow up. If you don't like Woody Allen, don't watch his films. Don't work with him. Don't read the book. But, you know, he hasn't actually been found guilty. Right? So, yeah, you can look at the situation and think Woody Allen is a weird motherfucker. But he hasn't been found guilty. So, it is what it is. You know what I mean? This ain't a perfect world, people. So, you need to get to fucking learning to live with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I find this weird. Um, and in, it's interesting, right? So, as everyone probably knows by now, Disney are, have remade Mulan into a live-action um, film. Uh, I think it's due out soon. Um... I never saw the cartoon. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a whole bunch of Disney cartoons that I have not seen. Like Hercules and all those ones around that kind of period. Yeah, have not seen. Haven't seen. Um Yeah, Emperor's New Groove, like all of that shit. Yeah, for some reason I don't know, I just think I got tired of it all. But um yeah. And also, it kind of feels weird going to see, like, a kid's film. When you're not a kid, you don't have kids, and it's going to be a screen full of kids. It's just like, yeah, I don't really want to be here. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. But, right, so they remade the film. um, And they didn't include a character from it. Um, A General Lee Shang. Right, because so supposedly in the cartoon, um, General Li Shang developed a bond with Mulan's um character when she was masquerading as a male warrior, Ping. Um, and then when her identity is revealed that Ping is really Mulan. Um, they had dinner together. Uh, now, the producer of the film, Jason Reed, 
He said that they felt uncomfortable with the power dynamics in their relationship, right? He was like, in I think particularly in the time of Me Too, um, having a commanding officer that is also the sexual love interest was very uncomfortable, and we didn't think it was appropriate. <sighs> dear, oh dear. It's just like we split Li Shang into two characters. Uh, one became Commander Tung, who serves as her surrogate father and mentor in the course of the movie. The other is Hong Hui, who is Mulan's equal in the squad. It's just a bit like, listen, you can't just. Stop doing shit It's so weird Right It's me too I kind of feel right Some people are, are, are using it In this weird way And other people are like Scared of it And it's just like It's it's just about Not being a, Being Unappropriate Right So You You can't tell me That People aren't going to date still Like people are still going to date There's always going to be a situation When one person has more money Or one person has a higher position It's just the way things are Right So it might be the girl She's a director And the guy is just a manager Or maybe less You know Or like she's making more money than him and, or it could be the other way around He's making more money than her But yeah It's, it's going to be one of those two you know, There's not going to be many situations When you're both on uh, Let's say you're both on 40 grand a year No like That's going to be a rare one Or if that does happen It's not going to be forever One person's getting a raise One person's going to change their job Sure, Like it shit just happens so you you need to show this shit. You need to show it, but do it show it in an appropriate way. You know, like not every situation has to be sleazy. You know, not every situation has to be bad. It, it, it's like by not including it, you're saying that every situation is nefarious. I think that's worrying. Right, because you're going. Every situation is 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 wrong. So what does that mean going forward? Anyone dating someone who is in, in a lesser position, in a in a lesser situation than them, like you you need to stop. It's ridiculous. It's it's just weird. But yeah, I don't know it, it, It's like um, Like some people have Spoken uh, Like against it though Um, So One woman said Li Shang's entire arc Is about realising That Mulan isn't lesser than Because she's a woman He learns and grows because of her Which is Yeah that's that's a good f thing to show, right? Um, someone else said that um, 
Li Shang is a bisexual legend and one that would never use his position as her commanding officer to pursue pressure her into a relationship. Nothing um noting that it isn't until after Mulan leaves the Chinese army that Shang pursued her. So yeah, that's completely different as well. Then you're not her boss. And so if and, and so it sounds like Right when she's ping, that they're kind of in a situation. Then, so is it right then? You know what I mean for for him to pursue a guy, but not a girl, because you're still gonna be in a position of power. So it's just like, what are you? Yeah, it's just weird. I I just think it's a shame that they did it. You know, it's it's a shame that they did it. They could have done something more with this. But <sighs> people get scared, man. People get scared. They don't wanna yeah. I know that um people were calling for a boycott of the film because the actress um ain't she voiced support of the um Chinese army. With the whole protests in Hong Kong. So yeah. Like there, there was an uproar about that for a hot minute. But um, I think that all died down. But yeah, I don't know man. It's a shame. It's a shame. I ain't, that's all you can really say, right? Okay, so th- there's a story um out about... uh. This um, NHS transition centre Right Um, So it's a clinic Where You know people can go for gender um, Reassignment uh, Treatment Um, And it's called the Tavistock Now um, People have Made a class action claimant against it um, because they feel that I think it's like um, not enough is done to I think question people's decisions to do what they're doing. Which I do find very ironic, right? Now, um, I think one of the people is um, a young lady called Kira. And she said, as a kid, she was a tomboy, right? So, she was then, you know, online, as, as kids do... And she saw all this stuff about transitioning and, you know, gender reassignment. And so she was just like, ah, okay. So she went, I think, to the doctors and she was kind of sent to this place, right? Um, And, yeah, so she got um, referred to the Tavistock. 
when she was 16. Um, and after three one hour long appointments, she was prescribed puberty blockers, um, which, you know, delay periods and, you know, body hair and all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so she did that, right? And so she's on these drugs, which, you know, also, you know, stop you developing breasts and all of that thing, deep, you know, uh, your voice breaking and all of that. Um, and she said, so after a year of taking these blockers, she was prescribed testosterone. Um, so yeah, you know, now she's getting facial hair, she's got a deeper voice Um, three years later, she has an operation, gets her breast removed So, that all got done But, now, you know, like, yeah Now she's had a change of Mind, you know, um, yeah, she, she's kind of decided to revert back to female, and I think what she's saying is that she kind of feels that she should have been challenged more about wanting to do all of this. You know, wanting to go down that road. And look, so this is something that I've, that I always kind of, just always thought, right? Because you've hit, you've heard these stories. This isn't the first time that I've heard this story. And the big thing is, right? Kids don't know shit. Like you, because you can think about all the things that you thought about at 16, even 20, the things that you thought, the things that you held so fast to, those beliefs that you were so stringent about, the likelihood of you holding those st- beliefs. Just five years later is, you know what I mean? It is going to change. Because you don't know anything. Anything that you know, it's through a kind of acquisition through others. You know, it's by proxy. Like you take on the, the thoughts of your pa- your family. Right, so you'll be like, oh, my family do this, so I'm doing this, and I believe that because, yeah, that's what my mum, that's what my dad think, so my brother, that's what my sister think. That's what kids do. And so it's always that kind of worry that, yeah, a 16-year-old is going to have a feel, right, I'm, I think I'm this, and yeah, then a few years later go, oh, actually, no, I'm not. And it's 
what's worrying is when you have like people go, oh yeah, my six year old says that he or she is, and it's a bit like the six. They don't, they don't really know. Now listen, some, some. You know what I mean? It, it is the thing, right? So, yeah, like they're not gonna change their minds. Like, do you know what I mean that decision is a true decision? But a lot are going to change their minds. But this, but then you, you see, this is the thing, right? So Kira is like, I should have been challenged. A lot of people, though, are like, you shouldn't challenge people, and uh, it's it's wrong to try and change someone's mind about wanting to make that decision, and that's been a big thing in the news of late. Right, so it's kind of it's a it's it's an interesting situation because I think it just puts that spotlight on the fact that this is such a grey area, you know. But the, the I think waiting longer, it's not a bad thing. It's not a because you know she's like. After three hour session, she was given puberty blockers. Yeah, you you kind of feel, yeah, probably, you know, take a bit longer to do to prescribe stuff. You know, like have someone in more counselling than that. I think you you should probably be seeing a counsellor at least twice a week. Right, I'd say see them twice a week. You you know what I mean. You have to write a diary. Um, you let them look at, and uh, you have to be go. I think you it should be a prolonged period of time. You know, just because it's an important decision and it's a decision. Look, if it's just the blockers, yes, these things. You know, you can just stop taking them. You know that your body will revert back to norm, right? But it like it all has an effect. All of this shit has an effect. Yeah, and obviously, one rule can't fit all. But it is something that I think does need a proper look. You know, it can't just be. Uh, this flimsy situation that like some people are doing this and some people are doing that just needs to be properly looked at, properly talked about because it really isn't. And I it seems people are so scared of being sued and attacked and you know if they're saying no, you can't have you can't have these tablets yet. You know, that just trust me if they had said. No, it's too early for you to have the tablets. In another, like, reality, they're getting sued for that decision. Right? But in this reality, that, now, that was the wrong decision. So it is a, a, a odd situation we find ourselves in. But, it, uh, yeah, it's just something that can't be taken lightly. And it's something that 
needs more conversation. And and these things need conversation without people getting attacked. You know? Which is the problem right now. Because you say something that people don't agree, you're getting attacked. You're being called what like homophobic, transphobic, like all these crazy things. So I think we need to, yeah, just Try and think clearly on this shit You know Let's start having conversations Let's try and work things out Because Yeah, you don't want kids To then be 23 and just Fucked up Because they're like, oh, I made a bad decision And now I have no clue what to do Because, you know I've had my breast chopped off I've had my dick chopped off but I'm, now I kind of figured, yeah, I am that. So what? Reconstructive surgery? Yeah, you can. You could get. I guess you can get fake breast, right? You can't really get a fake dick. And even fake breasts are problematic. So yeah, th- this is something that is it's important. But yeah, it ca- can't just be. Seat of the pants decision making You know But yeah It's a, it's a, just an interesting thing That we're hearing it On the flip Because everything of late has been The reverse right People suing to get the operation To get the treatment So yeah I don't know Like who knows if this will actually Start anything But hey Hopefully it does you know, hopefully it does, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, right? Okay, so um, a new exhibition has just opened up at the Haywood Gallery. I'm just back from a member's preview there. Uh, so the exhibition is Among the Trees, and it's, um, yeah, it's... Open at the Haywood from the f- today until the seventeenth of May. Uh so, um, you know the the description of this exhibition from the website is this: by turns poetic, adventurous, and thought provoking, this group exhibition explores our relationship with trees and forests among the trees. Transplants us around the world From Colombian rainforests And remote Japanese islands To olive orchards in Israel And a 9,550 year old spruce in Sweden By drawing attention to the beauty, scale and the complexity Of trees and forests The 38 artists in this exhibition turn our vision of the natural world on its head, inviting us to see it with new eyes. Whether exploring the way that trees with lifespans more longer or um, much longer even than our own challenge how we think about time, 
or revealing how they are intimately entangled with human affairs. These artists enliven and expand our appreciation of these remarkable organisms. Alongside sculptures and installations, drawings, paintings, and photographies, and photographers, and and photographs, (laughs) there are artworks that celebrate the soaring scale of trees. These include a monumental sculpture cast from a 2,000-year-old olive tree by Ugu Rondinun, a cinematic portrait of a 30-metre-high spruce tree by Elja Lieza Hatilia, and a vast forest of trees constructed entirely from cardboard by Eva Jospin. At a time when destruction of the world's forests is escalating at a record pace, among the trees vividly highlights the indispensable role that trees play in our lives and imaginations. Um, yeah, so it's interesting, right? Um, you know, there was a talk, and they did talk about, um, you know, the deforestation of the trees. Uh, and I think they said, like, 46% of, you know, the world's forests have gone. But I kind of feel that some of that, you know, was probably necessary, you know? Because yes, we we have big companies and and other people just chopping down trees, which is isn't great, you know, like just so you can plant palm oil or you know, Amazon want to build a new factory or something like that. Chopping down trees that's not great, but I do imagine some of it was chopped. So, housing and infrastructure could be built. Because otherwise, people aren't living. (laughs) I mean, there is that. Which I find never gets talked about in the conversation. But I think trees are fascinating. As I remember, um, and I was talking to, uh, you know, one of the ladies from the exhibition about this. But I remember, I think it was like a, a... couple of years back hearing um on rogan had someone on the podcast and like he was talking how you know plants and trees talk to each other you know like if an animal is eating you know the leaves and the trees that they'll send a signal through the roots to um others down the line and then the the taste of the tree changes so then people don't eat them anymore and that's incredible you know that's something that's so fascinating and i think it kind of makes you wonder right because we have this thing about sentience um and you know it's kind of like you don't want to eat things that you kind of consider to be a, a, a 
of a certain level of intelligence. So, yeah, it's kind of like, yo, if trees do talk to each other, that kind of means... Yo, do people stop chopping them down now? Do you do we stop just doing anything to them? As you know, I mean, if they if they can talk, then what does that say, right? But uh, yeah, this you know it's tangent. Um, this exhibition is kind of looking at this relationship, um, looking at the different types of trees and how we view them and how they kind of. Help create the landscape and interpret a landscape and kind of, you know, fit within our lives, as it were. Um, yeah, so it's a big exhibition. I struggled with it. Now, they what they've done is the lights are dim. Um, as you walk in, they've they've dimmed the lights, and um, the, the sort of woman giving the um, the talk, she's just like, oh yeah, and when you walk in, it feels like a fairy tale, and it's so magical, and blah blah blah, and so obviously, right, they, they've tried to create this ambiance, you know, trying to tell this story as you walk in, but I just found like walking in. Yeah, just couldn't see a lot Couldn't see a lot And so it's really dim And then you walk around other bits And so other bits are lighter than others Or you've got a a dim room with one corner This bright light in it Around a certain picture or sculpture And yeah, just, just my eyes just couldn't Focus on anything Because the light was just changing Wherever the fuck I was going Which was insane Then I think there's this tree um, That's made up I think supposedly of like 8,000 sheets But you can't see that From a distance Right? So you have to kind of get close To see it And so I'm bending to look and it's just like oh, Sir you can't get close to the thing You need to step back And it's just a bit like I'm not touching the motherfucking tree You know what I mean I'm trying to see this If you don't want people to look at it Don't have it there You know what I mean? Don't have something that's made up of These things that you need to See up close because if you can't get close, why why is it there? Why is it there? You know, it's just ah, it was infuriating. Um, but yeah, look, I get it. I understand what they're trying to do, but yeah, problematic, problematic. I did speak to someone, um, and I was told that there was going to be a um, uh. A different kind of um, A day where they're changing the light So on the 31st of March uh, Which is a Tuesday I think between 3 and 4 They're uh, having a relaxed viewing So they're putting the lights up um, You know, turning the music down And all of that Which is, you know 
that's all good. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can get there, which is a shame. But um, yes, it like you know that that be you know that's happening, right? So if uh, anyone might have an issue with uh, dimly lit rooms and whatnot and fluctuating lighting, then, uh, yeah, the 31st could be a good look if you are, uh, if you're around to, uh, go, otherwise, um, yeah, it's open 11 till 7 p.m. every day, um, and, Till 9 on a Thursday But yeah it, The gallery is technically closed on a Tuesday But yeah on the 31st It will be open um, For this Small window With this relaxed viewing But um, Yeah I think everyone else was Seemed very fascinated with it um, But eh, Yeah it was just uh, Yeah it was difficult but, um, you know, if you uh, like different kind of art and that kind of thing, then, yeah, you might want to head over and go check it out. Yo, people, um, chin check. This week, uh, you know, we break down UFC on ESPN Plus 27. Joseph Benavidez against Davison Figueredo. Um, yeah, it was a controversy. Whew, galore. There was some shit went down, people. So we're gonna touch on all of that. Um, touch on a little bit of glory as well. So yeah, once you finished with this, go yeah, go download Chin Check and uh. Check that out, people. All right, cool, cool. Enjoy. Okay, so this week I uh caught up with season two of Altered Carbon. Um, and uh, yeah, have to say, I liked it, people. Liked it so. For those, I don't know, like, Alter Carbon is based on a book trilogy by Richard K. Morgan, okay? So, season one followed the first book, which is Altered Carbon. Now, the second book, um, if I remember correctly, I think it's Woken Furies, something like that, but, you know... Netflix are just kind of labelling it as Altered Carbon. And then you just get season one, season two, season three, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Which, yeah, I get it. It, 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 it. As a branding, it works, you know, to do it like that. Uh, so the But the TV shows were created by um, Lieta Calagridis. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, now, she was a showrunner of season one. But season two, that 
has been um, taken over by Alison Shishapucker. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, now we've got a lot of the, you know what I mean, same people back, um, you know, doing their thing, um, which is all good. Jeff Russo, uh, you know, composed the score and everything um, for this, so it's cool. Um, yeah, Kovacs in this season is played by Anthony Mackey. Um, you know, he's replaced Joel Kinnaman in that role. Um, we've also got, um, you know, a, a few returnees, like um, Rennie Ellis Goldsberry is back as Killquest Faulkner, um, which, yeah, that that's a good... It's definitely a good look. Um, and we have uh, Poe is back. Um, Chris Cooper. I think it's Chris Cooper. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Connor. Chris Connor is back. As um, that, we then have um, Ditchin Luckman. Um, Appears in some f- sequences. Uh, yeah, can't say too much about that. Um, yeah, she she's uh, floating around. Um, we've also got uh, Layla Loren as Danica Harlan. Very like plays it very well. Definitely plays it very well. Simone Misek. She plays a character called Trep. Um, so, uh, you know, a little Marvel 1-2 there. Um, Deanna Shibibi. Um, Dig 301. Which also, uh, an interesting new addition um, to this series. And I think it works. It really, yeah, really does work. But, um, okay, so the, the gist of, um, the gist of this season essentially is, uh, you know, it finds Tateshi Kovacs, the lone surviving soldier of a group of elite interstellar warriors, continuing his centuries-old quest to find his lost love, Quelchrist Faulkner. After decades of planet hopping and searching the galaxy, Kovacs finds himself recruited back to his home planet of Harlan's world with the promise of finding Quell. Haunted by his past and responsible for investigating a series of brutal murders, Kovacs is stunned to discover his new mission to solve the crime and his pursuit to find Quell are one and the same. With the help of his loyal AI Poe, Kovacs must now partner with new allies to outwit his enemies and find the truth. Who is Quell Christ? Faulkner. 
Hmm. Yes. Ah, that, you know, this is a really interesting season. I mean, when you compare it to season one, and look, I thought season one was okay, but it did seem to, I think it kind of fell apart towards the end, you know? I think it started really well, um, but then kind of lost its way slightly. Um, It was 10 episodes. I think that kind of played a part of it. So this season, we get eight episodes. And I think the length is slightly shorter as well. But this season just seemed very... um, just a lot more concise and compact You know, it, it wasn't just jumping all over the place Kind of like the first one This one And I, I think a part of it was Like, season one It did follow the book A lot And I think where it fell apart for me is when it diverged from the book. Because, you know what I mean, you're following the book so well. And then you just suddenly start doing things that you're just a bit like, huh? But why would you go in that direction when the book went here? And the way you've been doing it, it now doesn't make any sense for you to do that. So I I think that's the problems with, you know, for me... That I found with season one Now Season two It doesn't From what I remember It doesn't really follow the book Now I have to say I hated the second book I didn't even finish it It just ugh, Irritated me But I think That is How Do you know what I mean I, I could really invest with this Because there's no longer that attachment There's no longer that part of you that's going Hold on, wait, they've changed that? Oh, they've done that? Yeah, because now I'm not making that comparison You know, I'm just enjoy able to enjoy the show for what it is You know And I think I, it's, it, You can separate something from the source material You know, there's definitely films that I've watched And you're like, okay, yeah no, the book's good, but the film is good as well. Or, you know, vice versa and things like that. But I just think sometimes when it's just not done you know, as well and it just becomes a bit flabby, that's the problem. But yeah, this, I didn't have that issue. You know, it, it told a really compelling story. Obviously, there are moments where... Things get a little bit predictable, a little cliche. But, you know, I, I, I think it avoided that for the most part. You know, I like the beginning. Now, the beginning, because of the whole sleep thing, the beginning, you're thinking, huh, now which one is going to turn out to be? So I kind of like that. And it set up an interesting dynamic That then you think Oh then are they going to play with this 
And you think they're not, but then they kind of get back it to it. But yeah, I, I think it, it started really well. And then it kind of f- carried on through. And it's, it's, I just like the story. Like the story was interesting. Um, you know, and especially when, as, as it said in the um, synopsis, you know, um, the quests kind of meld. Now, there's a lot of things that they could have done. You know what I mean? They, you know, there's things that could have really hurt the story, essentially. But I think the way it manifests itself and you then discover what the weapon is and how things went made all the sense in the world. And you'd be like, yeah, obviously that's going to do that to someone. And yeah, I can see why. Oh, and that's why they went a bit... uh... So yeah, it, it works on a lot of different levels. And I like that. Um I do I do think that it's interesting when you look at like season one and the um hmm how best I I think there was more violence in season one. I think there was more violence and more nudity. Um, and like I'm not saying season one was bad for those reasons, but there was times when you're just like, that's not really that needed, but fuck it, I'm gonna roll with it. You know what I mean? It's not hurting anything. Like, having this big fight scene or, you know what I mean? Having that shower scene or, like, whatever, whatever. It's like, all right, cool. This season, it's, it kind of didn't go that route, right? Yeah, look, you can have nudity. It's not a bad thing. But, it, it, it you know, it wasn't just... Because there's been no shows in the past that were kind of just like, it's that titillation. That's all it really had for it. The story's whack. <laughs> the acting was just a bit meh. But you might see some tits. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's... But, but I think now when... Look, if you want to see tits and shit, yo, go on Twitter. You know what I mean? Yo, every... Like, you just Google and you find, find shit. So... Good shows don't necessarily have to kind of resort to that To keep people coming back And I think that's what they figured out They're just like, oh, yeah, let's just tell a solid story You know what I mean? Let's just do that And that's what they did, and it works I think um, it's interesting having Mackie play... um, Kovacs instead of Kinnaman uh, Mackie does play Angry well you know what I mean? And yeah Throughout this season Mackie is just pissed <laughs> You know what I mean He's just walking around pissed and crabby You know what I mean not, not being nice to people Regardless if they're AI or Flesh he don't give a fuck But that's yeah 
that is fine, it works, and it is brought up, which I think is good, because it does bug me when people act a certain way, and no one really calls them on it, but yeah, he does get called on it, doesn't really change shit, but you know, he gets called on it, and I think that's good, uh, we do get to flesh out some of the other people, um, you know, like Poe definitely gets more in this season, which I think is, yeah, it works, especially adding, um, Dig to the mix, because at first, you're just like, oh, I'm okay, why is this person here now? You know, like, how is this going to play? But, you know, Dig did play a, a, a pivotal role in what was to come. And also as that counterbalance for Poe. Because I think if you're having Poe with the memory loss and, you know, just a kind of scattered sensibility, that only works for so long, you know, because, look, we had Kovac say, listen, this ain't working, son, you know what I mean, you're fucking everything up, which is, because, yeah, like, you can't have a full season of just that, just, oh, sorry, I messed up again, oh, sorry, I messed up again, you know, it's just a bit like, eh, but, because you have that confrontation, then you bring in Dig, it then works, because you then get the the journey of rediscovery, the journey of a kind of redemption, you know, of um, self-evaluation, so that all works, and you can tie that back in, And it just helps flesh things out a bit And it gives you something different You know, just having um, Quell and Kovac You know what I mean? Just go and do their thing for You know, 45 minutes each episode Just that It's gonna get a bit You know what I mean? So yeah, mixing things up, adding these new components, yeah, that's very interesting, it, it worked, it helped tell the story, I, I think, possibly, you could have lost an episode, because it, I kind of felt like episode 7 seemed, I don't think it was completely necessary, Like, it was a good excuse to have some extra long fight scenes and do some crazier things with them and all of that. But really, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you could have maybe got rid of that and just incorporated, like, the important shit into a couple of other episodes. You know what I mean? I think that could have worked. But, I mean... All in all, eight, a lot stronger. Definitely a lot stronger than the ten of the first season. Um, now, what does continue? And you know, 
helps this show really stand out is the cinematography. Is the, the look and the feel of this is, is something else. It, it looks very spectacular. It looks kind of um, the new Blade Runner-y. You know what I mean? The Denis Villeneuve uh, Blade Runner. Yeah, you, you get that effect. Looks good. Definitely looks um, and feels good. And, you know, because we're bouncing around into different timelines, different uh, kind of realities, we could say. It, we get a different feel, a different look for each that helps you differentiate what's going on. Because, you know, for instance, I know some people didn't get that in The Witcher, we had three timelines. And people didn't know, oh, so that's a different... Right. With with this... Now, I didn't struggle with that, but I've done the books. But, you know, with this, you could see the difference between, like, the different shifts of the show. So that's great. The, the score... Yeah, score works really well and um, helps, you know, just with the tension, just the feel of what's happening. Yeah, all worked. Now, the end. Hmm. The end is okay. The end is okay. Well, ah. Hmm. Actually, no. The end is good. Yeah. No, um, I, yeah. No, thinking about it, the end is good. Because it could have... Well, yes, let me say, preface. Like, the, the build, the kind of main end is really good. Because it could have gone a few different ways. Um, and how they, end, like, finished it meant that... It forced characters to do different things, right? And go in different directions. Now, they, like, then going towards the actual, actual end. Like, there was a bit of, you know, the war's finished, I'm going to find a new one. Meh. That's just a bit like, what? You know what I mean? Because it's just like, either you know there's shit going down that needs your help or you don't. But to be like, eh, I'm just going to go look for a new war. <laughs> That's a, that was just a bit shitty. Uh, I did think then um, the stuff in the, in the hotel, that was interesting. You do get a sense of what it could be. But I like just the allude to And then just the, the reconnection and all of that That was real nice So, yeah, like all in all I enjoyed this I, I, I think it's leaps and bounds better than season one And as I said, look The beginning of season one was really good So I think this just kind of Decanted 
everything and really just focused on those strong elements and just was able to keep them running for longer. So, um, yeah, very enjoyable. If you're a big fan of season one, well, yeah, season two is definitely going to be your jam. You know, um, I think it's definitely, I felt, I felt it was stronger than the book. And again, look, I, well, you know, I didn't finish the book, uh, because I just thought it was so bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think if you're a fan of sci-fi, if you're a fan of shit like, um, The Expanse, you're gonna like it. If you're, if you're a fan of Denis Villeneuve's, uh, Blade Runner, um, 440, or whatever the hell it was, you will like this. You know, yeah, I just like, it's strong storytelling, um, strong acting, and yeah, I think you will dig it, people, so go check it out, it's on Netflix, so you know me, it's gonna be there, it's gonna be there for a while, um, so yeah, enjoy, Autumn Carbon, season two. Okay, people, so, if you're a, a few weeks back... I read um, book one in the Isabella Rose um, sequence of books by Mark Dawson. That was called The Angel. And, uh, you know what I mean? I didn't love it. Let's be honest. But I did have the other book. So, it was, um, you know, my friend read them. She really enjoyed them. And I was like, all right, you know what? I will give book two a go. I had to think about it a little while, but yeah, in the end, I was like, okay, I will give it a go. Let me see how this is. So, um, you know, again, it's read by Napoleon Ryan. Um, and the gist of this one is this. Isabella Rose, the angel, is used to surprises. But being abducted is an unwelcome novelty. She's relying on Michael Pope, the head of the top secret Group 15, to get her back. When ISIS get involved, the situation becomes even bleaker. Isabella's abductors are in turn abducted. And she finds herself trapped in Raqqa. The capital of the self-styled Caliphate. Meanwhile, Pope has problems of his own. A new danger has emerged from the shadows and is threatening both him and his family. His own option is to head for the war-torn border of Turkey and Syria. A murderous, lawless place where potential enemies lurk around Every bombed out corner. Pope knows that he is risking everything to find Isabella. But finding the angel is not a choice. It's a necessity. The asset is the second part in a continuing story involving Isabella Ross. That started with Act 1, the angel. So yeah, that's the... um, the basic gist of this one, and uh, you know, my my opinions haven't really changed. 
to be honest with you people, it's, uh, yeah, still the same, there's, you know, like, the thing with this, so, yeah, she's inducted, and in the first book, a lot of mistakes were made, right, so many mistakes were made, and so you would think in this one, there would be, I think, like, an understanding of, okay, you know, I kind of fuck things up, I need to do better, but there's not really any reflectiveness here, what we have is, is Dawson writing it so, you know, like, mistakes are being shown, right, and, and what I mean is, so he, he writes it where, oh, you know what I mean, she's in a bad situation, oh yeah, she's, she's scared, she doesn't know what she's doing, and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, now she's, you know, disobeying certain things and doing things her own way, and it's just like, yo, there's no logic to this, right, so you've, you've got it, like, she's stuck, she, there's no way she can escape, then she is, then, you mean, like, she utilises certain things to do certain things and things, which she couldn't have done on her own, but then it's just like, oh, yeah, I escaped, I did this, I, and it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on, just a minute ago, you, you're you basically crying because you're fucked. Now, you you did it all on your own. Yeah, and you don't need to listen to what anything anyone else says or do. Yeah, it's just like it's it's not logical. You know, it, it's just a bit foolish, and every single kind of choice we're seeing her make, they're just not smart. They're not smart choices. And it, and the problem with that is, you know, because all we've be, you know, Dawson kind of pumps you with, oh, she, she, you know, she's a great shot, she's a great this, and she learned so much from her mum, and blah, 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 you know, like, she's perfect, she's great, she's awesome, she's, and it's just like, look, you can't do that, and then be like, oh, yeah, and she's making all these mistakes, no, just if they had kind of positioned the story as in, you know, her mum's trying to instill all of this knowledge to her in such a short period of time. So, you know, uh, it, 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 like the driving test, you, you've done the, uh, the prac, the theory, but not the practical. So you just don't know. Can you perform under pressure? Can you do this on the field? Can you make the shot when, you know, everything's against you? No one knows if she can. Like, that's more interesting than going, oh, yeah, she's a perfect shot. She's great at this. Oh, she can do that. Because it's just like, it's not believable, you know? And, like, we get characters introduced... But they're not introduced that well, you know, the, the, the whole kind of, I guess it, it, it's the logic of their being there, 
you know, the driver of their story is paper thin at best. So you're just like, all right, so what is this person actually bringing to this? You know, they're not bringing anything. And they're only there to do something down the line for Isabella. That's it. And and it's just like, so you kind of realise, oh, it's just, you know, it's fodder. You know, like, that's what we're getting thrown. We're getting thrown fodder through weak story. And it's just a bit disappointing because... It, although their, their backstories are weak and like just the build up for them is, is it doesn't really make any sense. Portions of the book are set aside for them. So to you're doing all of that to then give a very weak conclusion. It's just... It's just disappointing. You know, it's just very disappointing. And, you know, like, you know, Pope's story. Again, it's he's the, the head of Group 15. And before that, he was the number one. So you're kind of thinking, okay, so, to, you know, from what we've learned in the Milton book, and all of that to get to be number one, you're you're pretty much the dog's bollocks. You know what I mean? You're not a pushover. You have savvy. You you have you know what I mean? Knowledge. You're well trained. You're great at what you're doing. Which yeah makes sense. Not everyone's a double O, right? So <laughs> for someone to be in that position. And then just to do things in which Pope's doing them, you kind of scratch your head. Because, like, just the reader can see that, well, something bad's coming from that. And, yeah, that's not the best thing to do. You know, it's like, it's not like when these things come up, it's a big surprise, Nothing that happens in the book is a big surprise. And that is a problem. You know, we shouldn't be able to predict the story. We shouldn't be able to see the story and everything that's going to unfold the way that you can clearly devise it yourself. You know, that's problematic. Then, you know, we're getting these new things introduced that's so cliche, just so cliche. And you're just kind of thinking, there would be other ways of doing that. If you're, you're trying to do this thing, there's other ways, and we've seen this done before, we've seen it in James Bond films, you know, and James Bond is kind of like, you know, especially the old ones, they're not exactly intelligent films, it's just some pulpy fun, right, 
And even those storylines where we've seen this device used, they are so much better than what we've got here. As this, it's just a very poor caricature. You know, like, remember back in the day when you had the Transformers, and then, um, this Transformers was Hasbro, wasn't it? And then, I think it was Mattel brought out the GoBots, and the GoBots were just a very poor relation to the Transformers, really. You know, if, if you broke it down, and this, this isn't even a GoBot. To James Bond's Transformer You know it, it, It's that far removed in, in the nuance The originality And just the construction Of the story Just oh, It's bad And something that Really does not help It really doesn't help It's um, Napoleon Ryan now, Ryan's just, the general reading is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The female voices, and I said it last time, and it just hasn't improved. His female voices are so bad. So bad. Like, you really, you just want to fast forward those bits. Because they're awful. He can't do a good female voice. And he's only got one female voice. And there's a few female characters. So it's just like, just stop. You know what I mean? Just stop even trying. Just read it. You know what I mean? Just read it straight. And that will be a, a, a better experience for the listener. Because the way it is... Oh, it's not good. It's just not good. You know, it's like chalk on a blackboard. Just, ugh. You just cringe every time you hear it. Yeah. Ugh. That's definitely, you know... Like, the story's rubbish. So that's why I'm not reading the third book. But the narration... That definitely comes into it as well. You know, I think even if the book wasn't as just horrific as it is, with with Ryan's narrative, I couldn't, I couldn't do another one. You know what I mean? Yeah, just it's just not happening. It's just not happening. And then, like the way this book ends, oh, it's just. <sighs> It's not great. It's really not great. Just everything that happens, there doesn't seem to be a logic. As soon as you hear uh, he put his gun down on the table, you're just like, ugh. Ugh. There's just no reason for it. Just reholster it. Reholster it because that's what you're trained. Is it's just like a fighter. You bring once you've thrown out that jab, you bring your hand back to the guard. 
because that's how you spar, that's how you train, so it's just instinct, it's back, in place, and when you're meant to be number one, and then the head of, it should be instinct, but yeah, that happened, and you're just, oh, that's bad, that's terrible, and there's just everything that played out from there. You're just rolling your eyes. It's, it's, it's rub. It's so bad. It's so bad. Just the whole, oh yeah, and you know, they, they can't see it, and this runs away around the corner. It's just like, oh, of course they did. Of course they did. Oh. Yeah, not impressed. I hated it. Hated it so much. Just the hours I lost on this. Very disappointed. But, listen. You know, to be fair and all of that. If you really like the angel, you'll really like this. Because, you know, it, it plays like that. So, yeah. If you have... Really, really enjoyed your previous Dawson books. You're you're like this, you know what I mean? Because I just, I just think I was waning on the Milton stuff. So you know what I mean? Like this, and this is worse than that for me. But if I'd really just loved every single Milton book. I think I'd be higher up on this than I am. So yeah, I I I just kind of imagine if you're a huge fan, this will be for you and you'll wanna continue the series. So yeah. They're my thoughts, people. I hope they're helpful. Okay, people. So we draw to the end of another episode And um, there's a little bit news before we bounce uh, So, I didn't even know this was still being made But uh, Judge Judy is coming to an end After 25 seasons Hey, that's crazy, right? It, it started in 1996. Woo! So, um, yeah. Like, the last season, um, it, it, it's not on air yet, but it's going to, uh, so it's going to end it next year, right? It's the, it's the 20, 20, 2021 TV season. Um, Run So um, yeah Like she was making Right um, And that's Judy Scheindelin She makes 47 million A year To make Judge Judy So <laughs> you can kind of See why uh, Viacom was a bit like Alright we gotta, we gotta squash this But it is still a number one rated show 
but and she does have plans to make a new show, Judy Justice, once this one comes to an end. But who knows what it's going to be and where it's going to end up at. But yeah, another show coming to the end is The Magicians um, on Sci-Fi. So the current fifth season is going to be the last Uh, And so the last episode will hit on the 1st of April Um, The showrunners have said that they kind of figured this was probably going to happen Because, yeah, it was an expensive show to make And over the years it's just becoming more and more so you know, and after making so many, they're just a bit like, yeah, they kind of saw the writing on the wall with sci fi. Um, they did say, they have said that they, they were thought about trying to set it up somewhere else, but um, like they say that in the end, it wasn't a perfect financial creative fit, which I think. Probably means no one wanted to take it, <laughs> or they, or they probably had to take a pay cut, and they're like, nah. So yeah, so you know. But I have to say, right, it's five seasons from three books, so uh, you know, you, you you think that the story is probably more or less done. And supposedly because they they figured this was happening, they've written the last episode to be a uh, an ending of such. But um, I'm gonna end on this, right? So um, fans recently asked Jason Bloom, the uh, founder of Bloom House, why trailers give so much away. Because I think um, the trailer for the new Invisible Man, I think supposedly that has been a bit spoilery. I haven't seen it. But um, Bloom said this. Um, I wish we didn't have to do that, but there is almost no other way to tear people away from Netflix and all the great choices they have at home. So you have my sincerest apologies, and maybe in future your idea to watch our trailers after you've seen our movies is a good one. Um, There is one key big scene not included in the trailer And that's thanks to Lee Wanell, the director I wanted it in and so did the studio But we kept it out for Lee So all you trailer haters can thank him for the trailer not giving away even more Um, And I have to say, right? Them, them saying that it, you know, they they only did this because of Netflix. That is kind of bullshit because movie trailers have been the worst for so many years. Going, you like, I so I stopped watching trailers because they give so much away, and this has been happening long before Netflix, Amazon Prime, and all of that stuff. So trying to use it as an excuse, I think that's that's just bad. I, and I just think, look, you can entice people to come watch something 
without giving everything away. So it's just the people cutting the trailers just lack imagination. That's what it comes down to. Because this is the crazy thing. Directors don't usually cut their own trailers. And I think, yeah, give the director the cut, the chance to cut the trailer. Let's do that and just be more inventive. But um, people, that is it for uh, this week. You know, hope you've enjoyed the episode. Um, and we'll be back next week. All right. So uh, have fun. Enjoy yourselves. And we will catch you on the flip side. I'm a lot of West Coast, but I'm not a fucker. And why you niggas talk shit, we count bank figures. I know.